the blessings of this morning, I reached out to some folks who had uh, been guests at our church, and uh, they leave me oftentimes a little card with an email address, so I just reached out to a number of them over the, over the past weeks and months, and I was pleased to see several folks show up today that had been here before, and that was great to see. I've met uh, a couple different folks who came because of flyers on their doors, which I say, hallelujah. We have um, a family coming now who, um, who uh, you've, you've seen them, a lady and her girls have been coming recently, and they told me that last Resurrection Sunday, last year, they had a flyer in their door, and they just kept it all year long, and they, they finally got around to trying us out after a year. And so you just never know, so continue to pray for God to use the efforts, and I appreciate so much all those who participated in, uh, in flyering and getting the word out. And so thank you so much. It was a good morning. Praise the Lord. I was rejoicing this morning in everything about it. Then I went to lunch and over ate and just destroyed everything. I just felt miserable for a while. But uh, I'm back, I'm back in, the, in, in the saddle again, once again. Praise the Lord. And I, and I appreciate your being here tonight. Uh, I, I, I felt really bad. We should have put at least an announcement or a, 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 a bulletin article saying we had church tonight. Because some folks got to thinking, well, do we have church tonight? Well, yes, we're having church tonight. And so I appreciate you being here to support that. Take your Bibles this evening and turn back to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. <clears throat> and chapter 33. And as you might recall, last Sunday night I started a series, a sh not a long series, but a series of how to love God more. And I want to follow up with that because I want to love God more. This morning I told him, God, I want to love you more. Lord, I don't love you like I should. I want to love you more. My actions are largely driven by what I love. And the more I love God, the more I'm going to act like I love God. That love is going to drive me. It's going to determine my thought life is going to determine the actions that I take. And so I want to love him more. There's going to come a time, I believe, in the very near future where I see him face to face. And then I will be overwhelmed by his love. And I will wish that I would have loved him more now. Follow along with me silently as I read out loud, beginning in 2 Chronicles 33, verses 1 through 9 to begin with. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. He reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem, but did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he built again the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had broken down, <clears throat> and he reared up altars for Balaam and made groves, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven, and served them. Also he built altars in the house of the Lord, whereof the Lord had said, In Jerusalem shall my name be forever. He built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. Also he observed times, and used enchantments, he used witchcraft, and he dealt with a familiar spirit. And with wizards, he wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. And he set a carved image, the idol which he had made in the house of God, of which God had said to David and to Solomon his son, 
In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. Neither will I any more remove the foot of Israel from out of the land which I have appointed for your fathers, so that they will take heed to do all that I have commanded them, according to the whole law and the statutes and the ordinances by the hand of Moses. Notice, so Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err and to do worse than the heathen whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. Manasseh was a wicked king, a wicked king that led his people of Judah to sin worse than the very peoples that God said to destroy. Wicked, wicked king. Served for 55 years, then he died, and his son Amnon took over, reigned for two years. Now I want you to notice in chapter 34, beginning in verse 1, so following the death of wicked King Manasseh and his wicked son Ammon, verse 1, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, that makes him sixteen years old now, when he was 16, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. Did you get the picture? Here's this wicked, wicked king. He reigned for over 50 years. And he led Judah down this despicable path leading them in sin worse than the heathen nations around them. Manasseh died off, then his son Ammon ruled for two years, following the steps of his, of his father. And then this young boy, Josiah, takes over. And Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. Eight-year-old. He was eight. Do you know how old he was this morning that I baptized? Eight. So just think for a second. There's King Josiah right there. So I bring Matthias out and I put a crown and a robe on him. And all his subjects kneel before him. Hail King Matthias. <laughs> and he reigned. He led his people. Now this is bizarre, but he was the king. But the Bible says eight years later, now he's growing up now. He's now a 16-year-old young man. He's been in leadership for eight years. His grandfather was the wickedest king to rule over Judah. Despicable king. His father was a wicked, wicked man. But now at 16, young Josiah, the reigning king of Judah, began to seek after the God of David. How do you love God more? How can you and I love God more? Well, let me just tell you that one of the ways is to seek God more. To seek Him. To look for Him. Where is God? Have you sought Him today? Let me tell you how I did it this morning. When I knelt down, I first knelt down when I got up this morning 
Quite frankly, there were some cobwebs. Now, perhaps you're not like this. But when I first kneel down after getting out of bed, it takes me a little bit of time for my mind to clear. And I don't have this consciousness like I want to have of God. All I have is a consciousness of why did I get out of bed? So I sing a couple songs. Not real loud, but I sing a couple songs of praise to the Lord Jesus, to God. And then I take a few moments and I ask him to remind me of any sin that might be in my heart. And I confess that sin. I take a little bit of time and I begin praising him and thinking of his majesty and how wonderful and how big God is. And then I start thinking about my own needs and I bring them quickly before him and then I start thinking about the needs of the church and the church family and individuals in the church. Start praying for those, praying for missionaries and various needs. And by the time I start praying, I have a consciousness that there is God and God and I are communicating. Because I have considered his majesty, I've considered his greatness. I have talked to him, I've thanked him, I've praised him, I've sung praises to him. I've sought my God beginning my day. How do you love God more? Well, you seek him. It's interesting here that this young Josiah, now 16, when he was young, he began to seek after the God of, it says, David, his father. Well, I happen to know the Bible tells us that his father's name was Ammon. So the Bible made, made a mistake, right? Well, of course not. The Bible does not make mistakes. Culturally, oftentimes in Judaism, they would refer to somebody in their history, their, their past, as their father. They would go back to a major patriarch and say so-and-so of, well, he was in the line of David. Well, that's many generations previously, but the Bible says he began to seek after the God of David or David's God. What was unique about David and David's God? David had an incredible relationship with God. David was called a man after God's own heart. And this young Josiah began to seek after that God. In 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9, And thou, Solomon, my son, David said, Know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts, and understandeth all the imaginations of thoughts. Here's what David said to Solomon. Notice carefully. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. David left an example of urgency young Josiah. If you seek the Lord, Solomon, you'll find him. How did David seek his God? Well, interestingly, one of the ways was by destroying idols. In 2 Samuel 5 and verse 8, and the Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? The Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, Baal and David smote them there, and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me. 
as the breach of waters. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. And there they left their images, and David and his men burned them. He burned them. These false gods, these images, the idols that some of the other kings took for themselves and began worshiping, David burned them. What an example for young Josiah. Word had come down to the generations of what David had done to those idols. And Josiah was taught, here's what David did. David got rid of the idolatry. Notice in, 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 uh, in 2 Chronicles 34, and in the twelfth year he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places, and the groves, the carved images, and the molten images. They break down the altars of Balaam in his presence. Verse 7, And when he had broken down the altars and the groves, and had beaten the graven images to powder, and cut down all the idols throughout all the land of Israel, he, Josiah, returned to Jerusalem. That was one of the ways that young Josiah sought after God. He destroyed idols. If you were here last Sunday night, you learned the first way that I said we can love God more. And that's to destroy idols in our lives. Oh, Pastor Outler, I have no idols. I have no statues of Mary. I have no Buddhas out front. I have no idols. We learned last week that most of us struggle with idols because anything we put ahead of God becomes an idol. Anything we love more than God becomes an idol. That's what makes it so dynamic and dramatic and overwhelming what Jesus said. Unless your love for me makes your love for your father, your mother, your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter look like hatred, you cannot be my disciple. What? What? I've got to love them. You love you so much more than them that the disparity makes it look like I'm hating them? Yes, that's what I'm asking. For you to love me to that degree. And which one of us can say, don't raise your hand, <laughs> that we love God like that? I, I can't quit thinking about it, but daily my wife gets these little pictures, sometimes videos of our new little grandbaby constantly showing me these pictures of, of, of new Daniel. And I, I love seeing it. That's wonderful. But my goodness, constantly? Seriously? <laughs> you know what's on the mind of my daughter? Little Daniel. Now, mind you, he takes an awful lot of her attention because he demands it. But do you mean that she is supposed to love God so much more that it makes her love for her new baby look like hatred in comparison. And Jesus said, yes, in fact, you cannot be my disciple until then. And so I asked the question, how can I love you more, God? I want to be your disciple. How can I love you more? The first way is to get rid of idols. Anything that can come between you and God, loving them more than God, you must set them aside and love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Josiah got rid of idols. 
David has sought his God by getting rid of idols. Secondly, David loved God's house. In 2 Samuel 7, 1, it came to pass when the king sat in his house and the Lord had given him rest round about from all of his enemies, talking about David, that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. It's in the tabernacle, in the tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build me a house for me to dwell in? Are you going to put me, God, in a house? He said. Chapter 7, verse 12, And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom, Solomon. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. You see, David had a burning desire to build a house for the Lord God, the Lord's house. He loved the tabernacle. But he wanted something more to show God that he loved God so much more. He looked out and he saw the, the tent uh, uh, flapping in the breeze. He said, God deserves more than that. God deserves so much more because I love him so much. I want to build for him a spectacular house. Well, David did not get the opportunity, but, but Solomon, his son, did to build him a house. David loved the house of God. And he strongly desired to build a temple for God. He loved going to the house of God. Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. It's glad. It's Sunday. I was glad. I couldn't wait to get here this morning. I was glad. David had joyful memories of being in the house of God. In Psalm 42, verse 4, When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. I was glad. David longed to be in the house of God. In Psalm 84, 1, how amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. I can't wait to be back in the tabernacle to be with you, Lord. He esteemed being in the house of God above all other earthly joys. Psalm 84:10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. David loved God's house. In 2 Chronicles 34, 8, we learn Josiah's second response of seeking God was to repair the house of the Lord. Now in the 18th year of his reign, when he had purged the land of the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, and Masaiah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Jehoaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. God's house was very high priority in the heart and mind of both David and Josiah. Evidence on one's true seeking the Lord is the priority they place on God's house. Let me just throw that again. Evidence of one's true seeking the Lord 
is the priority they place on God's house. Next, David loved music. He loved it. David loved music. He loved playing the harp. He loved writing music. He loved the orchestras. He loved the choirs. David loved music. He loved praising God with his music. And as far as David was concerned, all music had one purpose, and that purpose was to glorify God. In 1 Chronicles 15, verse 16, And David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be the singers with instruments of music, psalteries and harps with cymbals sounding by lifting up the voice with joy. When David brought the ark to Jerusalem, the proper way, God's way, he led it with music, with music, a great band and singing and, 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 and jumping up in all excitement as, as the ark was brought in Jerusalem. The Psalms are replete with praising God with music. Psalm 147.1, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. It is pleasant, and praise is comely. Psalm 147.7, Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God. Psalm 149, verse 1, Sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of saints. David loved music, and he loved praising God with music. David sought the Lord. How? With music. Josiah's next response was to spruce up his music ministry. In 2 Chronicles 34, verse 10, they put in the hand of the workmen that had the oversight of the house of the Lord, and they gave it to the workmen that wrought in the house of the Lord to repair and amend the house. Why would it need repairing and amending? Because it had been forsaken. Remember, wicked King Manasseh, his grandfather, and Ammon, his father. They had let all of the things of the house of God start to break down. And Josiah said, we can't have that. We've got to fix those things. Even to the artificers and builders gave they it, to buy hewn stone and timber for couplings and the floor of the houses which the kings of Judah had destroyed. And the men did the work faithfully. And the overseers of them were <clears throat> Jahath and Obadiah, the Levites of the sons of Moriah, and Zechariah <clears throat> and Meshulam of the sons of the Korathites, to set it forward, notice, and other of the Levites, all that could scale of instruments of music. Instruments of music. When it came time to repair the house of the Lord, they said, we've got to get the music back in there to praise God with music. When Josiah began seeking the Lord God of David, his father, <laughs> he praised God with music. God created a music as a means of glorifying himself. We should seek to glorify him as we sing congregationally and in private. The music we listen to should first be to his glory. Oh, pastor, I listen to music because it makes me feel good. Find that in the Bible. purpose of music is to glorify God. It's to glorify God. Now here's the cool thing about it. God loves us so much as we get our praiser right, as we get our praising right, and as we're praising God correctly, all of a sudden we're reaping the benefits, and we begin enjoying it, and we begin liking what he likes. 
1 Corinthians 10, 31, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. In Colossians 3, 16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. It's all His. Josiah sought the Lord his God. And in his seeking to draw closer to God and to love him more, he got the music in the house of the Lord right. Secondly, David left an example of his heart for God, for young Josiah. In Psalm 27, verse 3, Though an host should encamp against me, David said, My heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. You see, fear the Bible says here, is overcome by love. My heart shall not fear. My heart shall not fear. 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Fear is overcome by love. And praise should be the constant expression of our soul. Have you praised God this morning, this afternoon, before coming to church tonight? As we sang together, you were praising Him corporately. Have you praised God? In Psalm 27, 6, And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in His tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. Our hearts should literally crave God. We were joking about it. After lunch today, I had no cravings for food. I was so full I couldn't see straight. I was not craving food. But something miraculous is going to occur. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be craving food once again. Crazy. It's insane. I shouldn't eat for two weeks. But tomorrow morning, I'm going to be craving food once again. Oh, there are some times where those cravings get so strong. Oh, ice cream. There's something, there's something in ice cream that is addictive. And some of you know what I'm talking about. There's got to be ice cream on the Mary's Supper of the Lamb. There's got to be ice cream there someplace. Toward the end, I'm not sure it's going to be there someplace. And sometimes there's just this overwhelming craving. Josiah craved God. When was the last time you craved God? In Psalm 27, verse 8, when thou saidst, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. It came from his heart. 
from his heart he desired to seek the Lord. He craved seeking the face of God. In Psalm 27, verse 14, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You see, more of God supplies more strength to wait. Thirdly, David here contrasted now the heart of the wicked. So, so David set an example for young Josiah in seeking after God and loving God, and he showed him how to do it. And generations after David, Josiah looked back and said, okay, I want to seek after God. How do I do it? Okay, my father, my ancestor David, sought God this way, and here's how David sought God. But what does the Bible say about those that do not seek after God? In Psalm 10.4, it says, The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. God says here, the one who does not seek after God, the one whose thoughts are not overwhelmed with God, is wicked. For refusing to seek God is wicked. Psalm 36, 1, the transgression of the wicked saith within his heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. Refusing to seek God is wicked. Refusing to seek God is because of pride. Pride. You see, if I have everything, why would I need God? That's why Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go into heaven. The disciples say, well, does that mean it's impossible for the rich man? And God said, yes. Jesus said, yes, it is impossible. But all things are possible through Christ. It is an impossibility for someone who has everything to think they have a need of anything. But all things are possible through Christ as they turn to Christ. In Isaiah 2, verse 11, the lofty looks of man shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day, for the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty, and upon everyone that is lifted up, and he shall be brought low, refusing to seek God because of pride. And then, refusing to seek God is because other things crowd out our consciousness of God leaving no room for him. When we're so consumed about this or about this or about this, there is no room for God. Deuteronomy 8.14, Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. We're going to get to a place possibly in the new land, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, you're going to look around and you're going to see all these incredible blessings. You're going to be so overwhelmed by the blessings, you're going to forget me, God said. You're going to forget me, so don't forget. Don't forget, I'm the one who brought you out of bondage. I'm the one who promised and gave you this land. I'm the one, don't forget me. How could they forget God? How could they forget the incredible miracles that God had done for them and bringing them out of Egypt? How could that happen? Because their mind gets full of what they're thinking about then. Jesus answered the, the, uh, the inquirer 
So which is the great commandment? And Jesus said, well, the great commandment is this. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, with all thy mind. The great commandment. You mean, if I don't love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, I'm breaking the commandment? Well, now you're learning. He says, now you're learning. Now you're getting it. If you don't love me with all of you, you're breaking the commandment. So how do you love God more? How do you get to a place where you are loving God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind? Tonight, before you go to bed, Seek him, and he will be found. If you get up in the night, seek him, and he will be found. Tomorrow morning, first thing, first thing, seek him, and he will be found. Like Josiah you will be developing your opportunity to love God the way he asks you to. Let's bow our heads and hearts in prayer. Dear Lord, it's been a wonderful day. We thank you once again for your resurrection. We are such unworthy recipients of your love. But we thank you for it. We thank you for your willingness to do your Father's will and to die for the sins of humanity. We thank you, Lord, for your ever-living to make intercession for us. Lord, I, I so appreciate your mercy, your long-suffering. You're willing to always be there in spite of the fact that we don't love you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. But Lord, tonight we want to. We want to love you the way we should. We want to love you in a way that makes our love for everything else pale in comparison. So help us. Help us, I pray. I pray, Lord, that you might be glorified in this. Right before I conclude my prayer, I wonder, has the Holy Spirit revealed to you an area that you, you know that you love more than God? Would you be willing to confess that to him right now? He already knows. And then ask him to help you love him more. And then begin seeking him like you should. Lord, help us to love you with all of our hearts, all of our souls, all of our minds. You are worthy, and we'll thank you for it. For we love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen.